Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Um, welcome to Gas Street. Um, if you are new or visiting us, I've just been chatting to somebody who's visiting us uh, this morning, this afternoon. Um, welcome. Uh, I know Tevo and Ali welcome you, but just let me extend my welcome to you if you're here with us for the first time. You've joined us uh, at a very particular moment in the life of our church, uh, and we call this little season Above and Beyond. If you've been here the last uh, two or three weeks, um, you'll, you'll be tracking with us in our Above and Beyond season, and this is kind of like the final part of, um, of this moment when we think about what it means for us as a church uh, to go above and beyond. And um, really, above and beyond is a moment for Tim and I to share with you um, all of what God has done through the life of this church over the last 12 months. So it's a chance to look back. We look back and we thank God, we celebrate for all that he has done through your generosity. And that's really important. Everything that we've seen God do over the last 12 months is a direct result of your obedience and your generosity and, of course, God's faithfulness. And we look back. We take a moment during above and beyond. We, we look back and we say, thank you, God. We recognize all that God has done. But we also use this as a chance to look forward. Above and beyond is about looking forward. And we want to use this moment to share with you what we sense God is speaking to us for this church at this time. And just to be clear, the vision hasn't changed. Uh, I said at the 9.30 gathering, I was looking out and I could see faces and, and I, can, I can see the same as I look out now. There are faces uh, of people that have been with us from right at the beginning of the journey. Others who have joined along the way, maybe you're really new to this journey that God has been taking us on as a church, well, well, you'll know that the vision that God gave us right at the beginning is that we would be light for the city. That's the vision, that we would be light for the city and that we would do that through the way that we gather. We gather like this and, and we gather in other contexts throughout the week and also as we scatter. So we're light for the city as we gather, but we're light for the city as we scatter as individuals because we are the church. This is not the church, the building, or our other locations. You are the church. You are the church. And so we're light for the city when we scatter individually wherever God has sent us to as light bearers in the city, as carriers of this amazing gospel message that Jesus has compelled us to share if we are followers of Jesus. And we are still compelled, Tim and I, we're still compelled by this vision to be light for the city. Like it's, it's still the thing that gets us up out of bed in the morning, as well as the alarm clock, I have to say. And so we want to take a, a moment just to share with you some of the specifics, some of the specifics of where and what we sense God leading us into over the next 12 months and into this next chapter of the story. And so we put this little video together so that you can see visually some of what we're talking about. So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen and watch this. As we look ahead to 2023, we've been drawn to Exodus, where Moses, in conversation with God, pleads on behalf of the people of Israel. 
If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. For what else will distinguish us from all the other people on the face of the earth? In all the activity and excitement, this is our ultimate prayer. God, let us be a people of your presence. Looking ahead, we see three key focuses. Church, we believe God has been speaking to us about new territory and new land. We're excited to announce that in January 2024, we'll be launching a new location in Longbridge. This is a key area in Birmingham with a population of around 107,000 people with only around 0.7% attending a local church. This church was planted 65 years ago with a vision to reach the local community. Longbridge is situated just seven miles south of Birmingham city centre and over the last 20 years has undergone significant redevelopment with new retail park, new college, new youth centres and hundreds of new homes. This is an area that is being transformed but it is also an area of great need as well. You know, one in four children here are living in poverty and thousands of people don't yet know who Jesus is. As Gastry, we want to play our part in being light for the city and reignite that same vision from 65 years ago to see a community transformed. Over the course of this year, we're going to be gathering together to pray, to worship and to seek God for this area and for the church. And that is our prayer, that God, your kingdom would come and your will would be done here in Longbridge. We are also exploring a new venue for Gastry South as the congregation continues to grow and flourish. We long that these locations become places of God's presence, where heaven touches earth, where people can encounter the love of Jesus and be forever transformed. Alongside the day-to-day -day equipping and discipling of our church, we're seeing God's favor on our emerging generation. There is an increased hunger for God amongst young people and students. It's so exciting to see many gathering to worship and pray. And we want to do everything we can to encourage and champion this generation to be all that God is calling them to be. Through being at Gastry, I've really learned to find my identity in Christ and know that I am a child of God. Amongst our children, with Worship for Everyone, we're seeing real growth. However, we're acutely aware of the need to carry the presence of Christ into schools. We're stepping up and we're reaching out to work more in our local schools through leading assemblies and through mentoring programs. Another focus is love your neighbor. We long to see social transformation through people helped, communities strengthened and a fresh movement of practical love. The needs around us are vast and we're keen to respond by increasing the reach and impact of Love Your Neighbour across new locations as well as deepening the work currently happening at Gastry St. Luke's. The work of Love Your Neighbour is having a huge impact in the community which is only made possible by your generosity. Helping everybody to survive because right now the way the things are going really, the situation, people just can't eat, the gas and electric, everything has just gone up and you're doing an amazing job, keep on a good job. Finally, we know one of our key callings is to be a resource for the wider church. Gas Street Music is continuing to write and record songs seeking to bless worship leaders and churches around the world. The Orchard 
is gathering and mobilizing women to step more fully into all that God has called them to be and to do, with 2,500 women gathering at the ICC in October, as well as a retreat for female senior church leaders and a monthly podcast. Worship for Everyone continues to resource churches and schools with songs, devotionals, and other resources. In June, we'll be hosting our first Worship for Everyone conference, with already over 300 booked in, representing over 80 churches. We are living in extraordinary times. Now is the time for the people of God to rise up with compassion, love, and boldness, to be people of God's presence, as A.W. Tozer once said, a scared world needs a fearless church. It's time for us to be expectant as we step out in this great adventure. So, as I said, we want to take this chance, uh, as Tim has highlighted, to look forward uh, to really explore a little bit of the specifics of what we sense God is leading us into. And you know, at the beginning of the year, um, we went on a retreat as a staff team. Uh, we went away overnight together uh, to pray and to hang out and seek the Lord together. And it's always a special time. And while we were there, I sensed God speaking to me specifically about the year ahead. And I felt God give me those verses from Exodus 33 that Tim mentioned in the video. Uh, and Tim unpacked that last week. So if you didn't hear the message last week, do go back uh, and listen to that about this desire that we have uh, to see God's presence, to make sure that wherever we're going, God's presence goes before us, that we follow God's presence in all that we do. But as well as that sense around Exodus 33, I felt God give me these two words. Uh, and these two words were new territory new territory. So I was drawn to Exodus 33 about God's presence, but I also sense God say that he was leading us into a season of new territory. And so that's what I've called this message this morning, new territory. And as Tim and I began to think and pray about that word, we were drawn to another passage of scripture in Joshua, right at the beginning of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter one, verse one. And if you know the story, if you know your Bible, it's the moment where the context is Moses has led the people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt uh, through the Red Sea, that miracle that took place at the Red Sea, and, and onto this journey. And actually, it turns into this sort of 40-year journey in the wilderness. And then we find ourselves at the beginning of the book of Joshua. Moses has died and Joshua has now been appointed to be the one that leads the Israelites into this new territory, this promised land. And so we're going to open our Bibles up at Joshua 1, starting at verse 1. The words are also going to come up on the screen if you don't have your Bible to hand. Let's read together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the River Jordan and into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west." 
No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And as, as I read these verses, this conversation that takes place between God and Joshua, we see God speak to Joshua these seven statements, these seven statements about this new land, this promised land that God is leading Joshua and the Israelites into. And these seven statements deeply resonated with me, with us, with Tim and I, as we began to discern the direction in which God was leading us into these next 12 months. And you know, the first thing that God says to Joshua is this, now then you and all these people get ready to cross into the land I'm about to give them. And we sense that God is saying the same thing to us as a church. Now, you and all these people get ready, get ready ready to cross into the land that I'm about to give you. And so the instruction, the first thing that we sense God is saying to us as a church is get ready. Like be expectant. Something is about to happen. Be full of faith because God is on the move. In these days, God is on the move. And whatever you do, don't allow the narrative of the world around you to dampen your expectation, to dampen your faith, or to lull you into doubt or cynicism or apathy about what Jesus can do in these days, at this time, in this city. You know, we received this encouraging message it's, it's always an encouragement when people send us stories of what God is doing in their lives. And we had a message from a woman this week, and it said this, I visited your church in October 2016 whilst I was staying with a friend. Back then, I'd been trying for a baby for a year, but to no avail. I'd been struggling with this unanswered prayer and if God really cared at all. However, when I stood in worship, we sang the song, The Goodness of God. And as we sang the line, you are good, you are good, something shifted inside me. The tears had gone and I felt such a peace. Would you believe that two weeks later, I conceived my son and he is now five and a half years old. I meant to email you all those years ago, but better late than never. <laughs> we don't mind. God is on the move. Make no mistake, God is on the move and he is saying, get ready, be expectant. I'm giving you new territory, get ready, be expectant. Just watch what I'm gonna do. Just watch what I'm gonna do in these days. You know, the second thing that God says to Joshua is this, I will give you every place where you set your foot. You know, when I heard God give me that word at the beginning of the, the year, new territory, I knew that it was about two things. It, it was about spiritual territory and it was about physical, geographical territory. And you know, spiritual territory is about authority. It's about the authority that we carry in Jesus' name. If you've said yes to following Jesus, if you have put your faith and your trust in him, then even though you may feel totally ordinary, I know I do most of the time, even though you may be imperfect, 
as I am a lot of the time. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, we have within us the authority that comes from Jesus. The Bible says we are in Christ. And so what that means is that when we step out of these doors, out of this building, when we step into the spaces and the environments that we spend or that we occupy like our Monday through to Saturday, we carry the name of Jesus into those places and all the spiritual authority that comes from his name. You know, I was, I was chatting to someone on the Alpha Weekend. I'm just back from the Alpha Weekend. It was an amazing time together. People exploring faith in Jesus, experiencing the love of God by the Holy Spirit for the first time. It was such a privilege to be there. And I was chatting to a, a guy who was on the weekend, and his life is being transformed by Jesus. And he told me about a time many years ago when he was in his early 20s and he was serving uh, a sentence in prison. And at the time, he was being disturbed by this, this voice in his head. He would say now that he would recognize it to be an evil spirit. And that's what Jesus talks about uh, in the Gospels. We see, we see that happening to people. And he'd had this, this voice, this destructive voice in his head for nine months. And these Christians came into the prison. They regularly visited the prison. And these Christians offered to pray with him. And as they prayed, they prayed that this evil spirit, this voice would leave his body, his mind, his head in Jesus' name. And this guy, he, he said he went back to his cell and he sat down and he heard this voice say, I'm leaving now. And it left and it never came back. In the name of Jesus. God is on the move. Make no mistake. Yes, God is on the move. You know, in Luke 9, it's the moment where Jesus sends out the 12. And it says this, it says, he, Jesus, gave them power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, to proclaim the kingdom of God, and to heal those who were ill. It means that when we say yes to following Jesus, God is wanting to give us spiritual territory. He's wanting us to walk into it so that wherever you set your foot in Jesus' name, whether that's your home, your neighborhood, your workplace, your place of education, your friendship group, your local pub, wherever it may be, he's wanting to give you spiritual authority so that even, even if you feel scared, even if you feel small, even if you feel intimidated, even if you feel that that particular environment is like the last place that God would move, he is sending you there with power and authority so that you can speak with Jesus's words, so that you can reach out with Jesus's hands, so that you can pray that the darkness would be pushed back. We have authority. I will give you every place where you set your foot. That is a promise that God is making to us today. But you know, I also sense that for us as a church, this promise is about physical and geographical territory. You know, this is about like physical spaces, actual buildings and places 
that God has ordained for us as a church to occupy, occupy for, for his work, for kingdom activity. I remember our old vicar, I was gonna say he's not old, he is actually quite old, but what I mean is our previous vicar, who is also quite old. Nikki, if you're watching this, forgive me. Nikki Gumbel, many of you will know him from Alpha. And I remember he used to say this, an empty church is like the empty palace of a long forgotten king. People walk past it and they say, the king is dead. And even though, you know, not all the spaces and places and buildings that we sense God is opening up for us, not all of them are empty churches, but there is something spiritually significant about a visible geographical space in the heart of the community from which worship and love and mission flows in and out. It's like a beacon of light. It's like a statement of faith. It's a place of hope that tells the community that the king is not dead, but the king is very much alive. And in here, you have an opportunity to know him. You can know him here. Come and see. Come and see that he is good. You know, the third thing that God says to Joshua is he says, your territory will extend. I had a story about an American ranch owner who came over to the UK to visit a farmer here in the UK. And the farmer gave this American ranch over a tour of his farm. And at the end of the tour, the American looked at the farmer shocked and said, is that it? Where I live on my ranch, I can get into my car. Do you like my accent? Sorry if you're American here. Sorry, sorry, Reagan's laughing at me at the front. I don't wanna, hang on, hang on. I can get into my car, I can drive straight for 30 minutes and I am still on my land. And the British farmer looked sadly at the American and said, yeah, I had a car like that once. It's a bit of a dad gag for you there. Thank you. I'm here every Sunday. <laughs> You know, God is opening up these specific opportunities to extend the work that he is already doing through this church, through you, through each one of us, through your generosity, through your faith. And you know, Tim outlined in the video some of the areas, the specific areas that we sense God is calling us to extend into. And we just wanna highlight again three areas. The first one is the emerging generation. You know. There are less than 300 children who currently attend Church of England churches in Birmingham. Of course, there are children in other denominations, but just speaking for the Church of England, there are only 300 children in the whole of Birmingham that attend Church of England churches on a regular basis. And yet there are something like 200,000 children under 16 in schools in Birmingham. That is a huge, disparity. It's devastating when we think about those numbers, and yet, and yet we know there are sparks of life. There are sparks of hope. We know that that is not how the story is going to end, not on our watch. You know, even today, there aren't many of our teenagers around. I don't know whether you've noticed, because they're all 70 plus of them. They're all on the youth weekend away right now. And, and we've been getting reports back, mostly because we are personally invested, because several of our children are there. But, but the reports that are coming back, it is kicking off 
at the youth weekend in a good way, before you're worried, in a really good way. God is at work amongst our young people. God is on the move. And it's absolutely urgent that the next generation has this opportunity to hear the gospel. It, it's urgent that, that the next generation have an opportunity for their lives to be shaped by the values of the gospel of the kingdom and not by the values of the world. You know, the pressure on teenagers right now is intense. The pressure to conform, the pressure to think in a certain way and to act in a certain way and to look and behave in a certain way. And we need to create spaces, more places where they can hear that there is another way. There is another way. They don't have to conform to the values of the world around them because there is a God who made them designed them and created them. There is a God who loves them, a God who died for them, a God who wants to forgive them, who wants to transform their lives and, and bring freedom. There is a God who has a plan and a purpose for their lives. And it is desperate. It's desperate that we see as many young people as possible hear the good news of Jesus. And so we know that God is leading us to expand our reach uh, to kids and young people. And one of the ways that that's happening, uh, as you saw in the video, is through worship for everyone. We want to increase the work that is already being done. We want to send more teams into schools. We want to create more resources. Uh, we want to set up more mentoring opportunities for young people. And of course, we want to increase what's happening here at Gas Street and in our locations with Gas Street kids and youth. The other area Tim mentioned is, is love your neighbor. You know, what, what we've seen grow and develop at our Love Your Neighbor Hub, just, just down the road at Gas Street St. Luke's, it is amazing what God is doing throughout the week over the last couple of years. And what it's done is it's ignited this desire for us to see that replicated in other parts of the city, in other locations. You know, you know the the Love Your Neighbor Hub at St. Luke's, it is literally a lifeline for people throughout the week. People's day-to-day -day lives are being changed. There are now 18 different streams of support available. A community shop, food bank, debt counseling, parenting support, English classes, the list goes on. You know, the team there are utterly phenomenal. They are utterly phenomenal. But it's not just the practical support that comes through a hub like Love Your Neighbor. It's, it's when you're there, you have a sense that people feel seen. People feel known and heard and loved and dignified. It's an amazing atmosphere to be a part of. It's become family for people. And people are finding faith in Jesus through the relationships that are being built there. And so we wanna see more Love Your Neighbor hubs established in other locations that reflect the needs of, of, of that particular community. And then locations. We saw in the video that in January 2024, we're going to be launching our fourth location into Longbridge. Uh, James Levy, who some of you will know, particularly have children. Uh, whoop, yes. Uh, he's, going to be, he's going to be at the helm. There he is. Uh, he's going to be at the helm of that uh, new location. And we're so excited about that. And as you saw from the video, the, the opportunities are endless. And it might be that God is stirring you to be part of the team that goes and plants as a location into Longbridge. 
Maybe you live nearer to there. Or, or maybe you, you sense God nudging you out of whatever comfortable seat you usually occupy here at Central or one of the other locations. And it's like God is nudging you. Maybe it's time to embark on a new adventure. Well, on Sunday, the 26th of March at 3 p.m., we're going to be having our first prayer gathering specifically for those that want to explore what it might be like to be part of the team that goes to Longbridge. And if, if just 1% of you is intrigued or open, just go along. Go along, find out more, and allow God to stir your heart and see what happens next. We also sense, as Tim said, that we want to expand uh, this mandate that we know is on us to resource the wider church. We've known that that's a unique call for us as a church. We are a local church, but we also know that, that we are a resourcing church. Uh, and so Gas Street Music, The Orchard, Worship for Everyone are all set to expand over the next 12 months, to, to continue to increase what it means for us to play our part in seeing the spiritual temperature of the nation rise. That's why there's a call for us to do that on this church. Number four, God says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you. If you've been following Jesus for more than about five minutes, you'll know that we are in a spiritual battle. You'll know that there is an enemy who hates it when God's people are bold enough to start stepping into new territory, when God's people are bold enough to start pushing back enemy territory. And sometimes when God invites us into new places and spaces, uh, when, when we're awakened to the authority that we carry in his name, there is resistance. Many of you will have known that and experienced it. We can feel intimidated. We can feel overwhelmed. Uh, and, and, you know, the narrative of the culture, the statistics, uh, the tide can feel like it is against us, like we are swimming in the wrong direction. And the temptation is to think, you know, let's just pack up and go home. It's too exhausting. It's too demoralizing. Maybe we'll just have to manage our expectations. Let's just prepare for defeat and decline. No, no. Not on our watch, because these are times where we have to choose on to, to hold on to this promise, no one will stand against you. No one will stand, and for Joshua and the Israelites, this was about a physical battle and a human enemy, but for us, that promise is a spiritual promise. That doesn't mean that there will be human beings and systems and structures that may well stand against us. But what God is saying is that spiritually, no one can stand against you. There will be pushbacks. There will be disappointments. I think persecution in a whole new way is coming for Christians in this nation. But because Jesus died on the cross, because he rose from the grave, we have to choose to remember that the battle is won. And not just, not just sort of live in the future and the eternal reality of that, that there will be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess to the name of Jesus, but we can live in the present reality 
of that truth, of that victory, that there is power in the name of Jesus now, today. The fifth thing God says to Joshua is this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is so important when we think about stepping into new territory. And as I said, Tim spoke last week on Exodus 33 and our desire to be in line with Moses. Do not send us up from here, God, unless your presence goes with us. See, when God calls us into new territory, the promise is, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we're gonna need to hold on to that promise. We're gonna need his presence. We're gonna need the Holy Spirit because the, the next thing that God says to Joshua is be strong and courageous. You know, for Joshua to, to reach that new territory, to reach that new land, it meant that they were gonna have to cross over the River Jordan. Now, just to be clear, if, if you're imagining like this little stream, you know, like stick on your wellies, one leap and you're over the River Jordan, you're imagining wrong because the River Jordan was like this vast body of water, deep, fast flow. It was really dangerous to even contemplate crossing over as a human being. And so there's a reason that God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. In fact, God says that four times just in chapter one of Joshua. And we know that God is calling us into new territory and it's not gonna be easy. It's not going to be easy. It is going to require perseverance and resilience and discomfort and challenge and sacrifice. It's gonna cost us. But what awaits on the other side is lives changed by the gospel, lives transformed by Jesus. What awaits on the other side, I believe, is revival amongst our young people. What awaits on the other side is people finding home and community and eternal hope. And so lastly, the seventh thing God says to Joshua, he says that he will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I end with this. I said at the beginning that above and beyond is about looking back and that above and beyond is about looking forward, which is hopefully what we've done this morning. But above and beyond is also an invitation. It's an invitation because it wasn't just Joshua who God led into this new territory across the Jordan. It was the whole of the Israelite army. And each one of them had a decision to make. They had to decide if they were willing to go. They had to decide if they, they were willing to take the risk, if they were willing to trust that God was in fact with them, that God was on their side. And ultimately, they did. And so the invitation that Tim and I want to extend to you as a church at this moment in time is, will you go with us? Will you go with us? Will you trust that the God who spoke to Joshua 
who led Joshua and the Israelites over the River Jordan and into this new land, this new territory, is the same God who is leading this church into new territory, spiritually and geographically. And if your answer to that question is yes, I'll go with you, yes, I'm willing to take that risk, I'm willing to trust then the second part of the question is this. Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is? I tried to come up with like a more subtle, less blunt way of saying that, but I couldn't really find one. And so are you willing to put your money where your mouth is if your answer is yes, and so that your yes isn't just with words, but it's, it's a yes with your time and with your talents and today, ultimately with your finances too. Even, even in the middle of a cost of living crisis, even if it means it pushes you to trust God with your money in a whole new way. Now I mentioned that we were at the Alpha weekend and I was having a conversation with a guy who, uh, who used to go to church. And you know, one of the things that put him off church was the fact that the church that he went to used to demand his money all the time and make him feel really guilty if he didn't give the church their money. And we've said this before, this is particularly for those that might be new with us or visiting today. You know, there is no obligation or duty to give. This is about worship. This is about God stirring our hearts for what he is doing in and through this church. This is for those that call this church home. You know, our hope over the next 12 months is that we'll see our giving increase by half a million pounds. Cue sharp intake of breath. You know, in financial terms, that's what it's gonna take to fund this expansion that we've just talked about. And honestly, that number, it feels like the River Jordan. It is like big and scary and looks impossible to cross. And you know, if you know how the story goes, if you, if you know how the story goes, you'll know that God does this miracle at the River Jordan. He, he stops up the flow of the river so that Joshua and the Israelites can cross. But Joshua has to take this step of faith, this step into the River Jordan before he knows that God has done the miracle. He has to take that step of faith, not knowing what God has already done. That step that Joshua takes into the river of Jordan, it is pure faith. It is pure obedience. And then it's after Joshua has taken that step that he realizes that God has done the miracle way upstream. You know, we're believing that God will miraculously provide. And so the question, as I said earlier, for anyone who calls this church home is this, are you willing to take that step of faith? What we're gonna now do now is we're gonna create an opportunity to give. And as I said, if, if you're new here, this isn't something that we do every week. We always give opportunity for people to give because it is an act of worship, but, but the giving today is for this moment in the life of our church. It's a specific moment that we invite you to give in a specific way. And so 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to grab hold of the giving envelope that is either under your butt cheek or on your chair or on the floor. Just take hold of that for a moment. The team are going to come round with some pens. And I'm going to invite you to, to pray. To ask God, what are you asking me to give? What are you asking me to give right now? This is between you and God. Just to be clear, Tim and I, we, we're not privy to who gives what. Just so you know that. We, we decided long ago, we don't want to know that. This is between you and God. You know, this is a spiritual activity. This isn't something that we sort of do in our human strength. You ask God and trust that he will give you an answer. And so we're going to give you a moment to do that. Grab the envelope. We're going to play a little bit of music. And then we're going to give together as a church. We've got some baskets that we're going to put at the front. We're going to do it a little bit differently to how we do it normally because, uh, because we're going to do this as family. Because again, as, as Joshua took that step, this is about us taking that step out of our seats to the front. We're going to put the giving envelopes in the basket. It doesn't matter actually what's on there. It's that you're taking a step of faith, that you're obedient to what God is saying for you to give. And, and just to be clear, there might be people in the room and, and you, you don't give regularly. And again, this is for people that call this church home. If you're not giving regularly, it might be that God's saying to give a one-off gift right now. It might be that God's saying to you, now's the time to start giving regularly. It might be that you give regularly and God is saying, I want to give you, I want, I want you to give a one-off gift on top of your regular giving. Or it might be that God is saying, I want you to increase your regular giving. So just be open to any one of those possibilities that God might be saying this morning. So we're going to take maybe one minute, two minutes, ask God, fill out the form. And then we're going to come forward and put the envelopes in the basket. Last thing to say, if you need more time to think about what to give, if, if there's a spouse that you need to chat to, that's, that, I get that. There'll be another opportunity next week to give. Or it might be that at this time you can't give financially. Then just write something else on the card, like a prayer or a hope that you have that God might do in the next 12 months. Or perhaps a way that you want to give uh, to this adventure in a different way. Really, we just want everyone to come. We want everyone to come, put something, put some offering in the basket as we do this as church together. So let me pray. We'll take a moment and then we'll come forward. God, thank you that you are on the move. Thank you for the privilege of getting to partner with you, to walk alongside you. And God, we just acknowledge that you are faithful, that you are faithful and that you are good. And I pray now that you'd speak to each one of us right now. Show us what it is that we need to give. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.